welcome to Podcast Me Anything, the Ask Me Anything, the AMA about all things podcasting. I am Matthew Passy. I'm Tom Kelly. And tonight we have a very, very exciting episode. Uh, if I can get through it, I am so tired. Uh, we're going to talk about all things microphones and equipment to make sure that you sound like an absolute pro in your podcasting venture. And uh, Tom, you are an audiophile of sorts, so I'm sure you are rip-roaring to get chatting about this one. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to play my cards right on this. I've been pegged as a, a gear snob before. I don't want to come off that way. And um, yeah, I just want to give some good information on how to select the perfect mic for you and your podcast. All right. So let me ask you, so you are now uh, starting to work with new clients increasingly, and so I imagine you're, you know, going through the entire uh, process of getting the, you know, setup and the equipment and all that stuff going. So, you know, right off the bat, like, what's the first couple of things that you talk about when you are approaching new clients about equipment that they should be using? The first thing I always ask is for a picture of the room they'll be recording in. To me, that says a lot about the gear that you'll need. Um, that I think that's where you should always start, whether you're recording music or recording your voice. Your environment is going to play the biggest factor in your sound. So that's that's always where I start. And yeah, what do you – so it's funny you say that. The other day there was a picture posted by a broadcasting platform. I should say a podcasting platform. I won't mention any names because I don't want to weigh down the conversation. Wink, wink. Um and they were showing pictures of these studios that they have in New York uh, for people to come in and check it out. And I, I, to your point, like I was looking at the environment, I was like, this is a terrible environment for podcasting. <laughs> um, one of them was actually, uh, it looked like in a cubicle. Oh, I know what picture you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. We have it on our, uh, we have it on our, our Facebook page. Um, I'm just like that. Like, there's they, they can't be good. That cannot be good. Um, yeah, just glass walls all over the place, bare cubicle walls. Yeah, not not ideal. <laughs> yeah. Now, to their credit, it's possible somebody looked at it and they said it's possible that what we are seeing is the inside of a conference room, and so the cubicle mall cubicle walls might have actually acted like the first line of defense sound barriers, kind of dampen some of that noise because it is a lot of glass in that space. Um, but I, I just, I don't know. I'm not, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent convinced. Maybe I can go check it out one day and see what it's really like. Yeah. Well, yeah. To me, it's it. Yeah. That's, that's where you start for sure. It's the most important thing. Well, all right. So your first podcast, what mics were you rocking? My first podcast. So I actually had this microphone, the Shure SM7B, but it's very low gain. My interface at the time wasn't high quality enough, so it, I just got a really noisy signal. So I was using my Audio-Technica AT420. It's a large diaphragm cardioid condenser mic. I've never seen that um, one, actually. It's a blue, kind of Easter egg blue, really nice. I've got it right underneath me here. But, yeah, just a large diaphragm condenser in a sound-conditioned room, um, as you can See, I've got a whole mess of them uh, right in front of my voice here to capture those first reflections. Um, it, it, and it sounded great because I was in a room that sounded great. So, it you know, 
I could I could use it with no problem. I was a little spoiled in that really my first time being on air, I was in a radio studio and so I've mostly worked with R E twenties and well treated rooms and you know, all that all that good jazz. But when the first time I did a podcast personally on my own at home, I actually started with a blue snowball microphone. Um, yeah. and I thought it was really cool looking and, you know, the same thing that most people probably experience. Uh, I didn't know anything of good sound quality, even though I'd worked in radio. Um, and my big problem with that microphone was that the USB connection in the back would come unplugged constantly, like the littlest breeze of air or, you know, you cough the wrong way. And so I would be chatting with my buddy who was across the country in uh, Seattle and all of a sudden he'd just be like, hello. Are you there? I can't hear you. Uh, so that didn't work out. So, but we are not here to bash particular brands um, yeah. necessarily. Uh, we want to talk a little bit more about the theory of microphones, what you need to think about, what you should be looking for in your microphone selection. Obviously, first and foremost, the most important thing is you probably should have a mic. If your idea of podcasting is to talk to your onboard laptop microphone, you're probably <laughs> probably not going to have that great of a sound that that rarely sounds really good um and it you're introducing a lot of air in between you and the microphone itself so it's going to sound hollow echoey uh just it's good people are going to have to strain to hear you and if they have to do extra work to listen to your show there's a good chance that they are going to abandon it absolutely yeah it doesn't have to look cool. Although that's the reason why my second microphone, Luke, was the Blue Yeti, uh, because everybody knows that that is the coolest looking mic on the planet. Um, but that brings us to the next. So you know, think first and foremost, you really should have a microphone. Uh, headset mics are you know a okay starting off point. Uh, earbuds that come with your phone uh, at this point uh, might not be terrible. You know, watch out for. This moving around too much, rubbing against your shirt. Um, I actually had an, a podcast that I edited where the there was like this weird uh, clicking noise, like crackling noise, brushing noise, and I come to find out that the microphone was rubbing up against the dude's chest hair uh, the entire time, which one sounded awful, and two yuck, like ugh, that was just gross. So it's not a terrible option, but. Um, you do have to be careful. You know, it, it gives you a certain amount of freedom, which if you take advantage of, then you'll probably talk away from the microphone or, you know, to rub up against things. You know, a lot of things can. Yes, you exactly. Uh, a lot of things can happen with those earbud mics. But again, if you're just starting out and you need something, that's a better alternative than using nothing. Um, personally, my fit and we'll get into the reason why in a second, but my personal favorite just starting out. You have a small budget, but you need something. Uh, I I strongly recommend, I strongly endorse the ATR2100. It is from Audio Technica. It is a dynamic microphone, has both an XLR and a USB connection, headphone jack in the back, comes with a small stand, although I, I do recommend upgrading that so you can get the mic nice and close to you. Uh, dynamic microphone, uh, super durable, super portable. I used to keep one in my laptop bag all the time it could record at a moment's notice um and it's just it, it will take you from a two or three in terms of quality out of ten to at least a, like a six and a half seven which is a big improvement yeah i think especially for the price point it's totally acceptable i do think the sound is totally boring 
um, that might, you know, that's coming from an audio engineer. People think it's as good as it gets. It's, it's definitely good enough. I hate using that phrase, but I think that should be the minimum for microphone standards for sure. Yeah, and if you're going to do a Skype call, if you're going to do something like this where you're interacting with someone remote, uh, the nice thing is you don't have to worry about getting an interface or a mixer. Like, you, you sort of have your mix minus built into the device itself, um, and then you're you know you're you're pretty much ready to go. There are lots of people who I've worked with who have just an ATR twenty one hundred, and they are podcasting. Um, they've been doing it for a long time. Emily, as uh, some of the folks in the comments are talking about, Steve and Luke and Badges are all saying, like, she's been using that same mic for a long time. And and actually, she posted a great picture on Instagram that I do want to stress that I think is important. Like, the mic is the tool. The mic is not going to make you a better podcaster. Sure, it will improve the quality. Sure, it will help to reduce, you know, friction and whether or not people are going to abandon your podcast because they don't have to strain to listen to it. But it is not the most important piece of your podcast. You are the most important piece of your podcast, what you bring to that show. Um, so, yes, good. You know, Emily stressed that really nicely on social media the other day. And I, I want to make sure we, uh, you know, bring that up as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, the, the badges here in the Get Vocal room just pointed out that Emily posted a picture of that microphone on the grass. It was like this very like meadowy, you know, artistic picture. But yeah, you're like, oh, no, that shouldn't be in there. Now there's going to be bugs in the microphone or, or something weird like that. Um, so, you know, let's let's talk about the Yeti versus ATR 2100 debate. It's not just a it's not just a brand issue. Uh, you have two different types of microphones here. You have a dynamic microphone and you have a condenser microphone. And the two, the, there's a very big distinction between those two uh, that can make a big difference in, you know, which is going to be right for you. Uh, I don't know if you want to tackle this, but I can sort of give my like quick, you know, quick definition, which is a condenser mic is like very actively listening if it is on it requires phantom power which means it is getting a lot of power it is very it is very actively listening and so it picks up a ton of noise it is a very sensitive microphone so if you're in a studio if you're in a soundproof like totally controlled room it is beautiful because it is really picking up just like every piece of your voice and it is giving you the fullest experience possible Conversely, if you were using it at your home, and so for example, I was using it, I was in a third floor apartment, living out in the burbs, but it would pick up, you know, like squirrels chirping on the ground floor outside of the apartment building. It was that sensitive. Um, so a dynamic mic, a little bit differently, a dynamic mic, you, you really have to kind of like force your voice into a dynamic microphone. It is not nearly as sensitive it is not really actively looking for sound uh it takes all sound that comes into it and certain dynamic mics depending on your setup will pick up a lot of noise um you know depending on which model you get what settings you have where your gain is set things like that but it tends to be a, a lot more forgiving in terms of background noises and so if you are in your house podcasting if you're in your basement you know maybe the the HVAC system is going off or your air conditioning is on. This tends to be just a little bit more forgiving in terms of the kind of sound that you are going to get. 
And so that's one important distinction as far as picking a microphone, dynamic versus condenser. And my my opinion on this is, and I'm sure others can disagree and many will, but if you are in really like the perfect setting and you know what you're doing and you have some chops, great. Like go master your condenser microphone. If you are new to this and you just want something that is going to be able to get closer to your mouth than the onboard mic on your laptop or your earbuds or whatever else it is, uh, go grab a dynamic microphone. Uh, anything I missed there, Tom, or anything you want to throw in on the mix there? I don't think you missed anything. I definitely do want to say the Blue Yeti gets a lot of a lot of heat from podcasters. They say it's just a bad microphone. And my co-host uses one. I probably would not have picked it knowing how noisy his situation is but he kind of built this like blanket fort out of encyclopedias and sweaters and he puts the blue <laughs> yeti in there and it sounds killer you know i mean we got it to sound really really good it's a shame that his wife does the dishes every night once we start recording because you definitely hear that but it's a great microphone i think people do just need to understand it does what a condenser microphone is meant to do it's not a bad microphone it's just doing its job well you just want it to do a different job so that's that's something i've been holding on to deep in my heart for a long time as i see people say it's a bad microphone it's just no you need to know how to use it and you know that education isn't isn't put into every angle of audio in podcasting so if you just want to record something sure grab a dynamic i mean it's it's that easy i i would say again start in your environment don't use a dynamic because you're in a loud place i'd say get rid of the noise first like that should be step number one right and then take it from there so yeah, yeah. <laughs> no so and i i will i will add this as far as the blue yeti you know it, it one it looks cool so it becomes very attractive there are a lot of people who recommend it um and you know right a lot of times that recommendation isn't followed up with proper training and technique and what you need to know as far as how to use the microphone the other thing that a lot of people try and sell on that blue yeti is it has these switches that changes the uh the pattern the pickup pattern of the microphone and so it advertises that it can go from a cardioid which is the most common pattern for focusing on a single entity it has a bipolar pattern which claims it's perfect for a you know two-person conversation each person on you know either side of the microphone it has an omnidirectional which even on their box, they advertise, oh, perfect for four people to record with. And maybe, maybe they are right as far as the pattern can do all that stuff. But you shouldn't be sharing microphones. And that's the other thing that I think the Blue Yeti does to podcasters, which is why I just... I can't like it drives me nuts when I see people recommending it because like, oh, you can totally use it with two people. It's like, no, you're failing to mention that using it with two people means two different levels of voices. And be ah, drives me crazy. Yeah. Some mics work better with other voices. That is 100 percent accurate. Uh, Luke. I have a note in here actually to follow what Luke is saying in the chat room here. Some mics work better with some voices. So I went to a four year audio um college university i don't know I, I did the whole program and you know we had a cabinet full of microphones from a hundred dollar microphone to you know fifteen thousand dollar akg c12s which is like best of the best um and people say you know the neumann u87 is great it makes 
every it makes every voice just sound great. It my it made mine sound so grating because whatever it emphasizes around one or two k uh, kilohertz, I just have some of that in my voice. Same with the RE twenty. It was so grating. Hmm. So people recommend, oh, it's you know this mic is a great mic. You have to know how it works well with your voice. Everything has to interact together pleasantly so if you're shopping for a microphone especially if you're looking to spend a little bit of money i've seen it recommended in some groups before definitely test them out first to see what pair is best for you yeah i would say you know that's a really really strong point good suggestion i mean you could go into uh, most guitar centers or uh i don't know if they have sam ash outside of uh the northeast i don't know if that's a local thing or not um, but find a local music store. Find a, a you know big box music store. Uh, they tend to have a ton of uh, microphones that you can go in, test them out, give it a shot, and yeah, listen. Find out what's going to work best for your voice. Because um, right, I tried a seven B a few times, and it it wasn't great. I I just I think I experienced a better sound using the the Electro Voice family of microphones. Uh, plus, I could save a little bit of money because then I don't need a cloud lifter to uh, go into the 7B, which um, is another thing that we can get into. Yeah, I don't know if you want to s- swoop right into that now. I think with audio, I know podcasters, they they want to save money anywhere they can because for most of us, um, us included, I'm not making any money off of this. It's it's still kind of a hobby. So I'm you want to save a little this. bit of money. <laughs> but with audio, you absolutely get what you pay for. Like the more money you spend, it's just better, right? Would you agree with that? Well, what I would, what I, yes, typically the more you spend, the better of a chance that you can have for a higher quality product. But there you go. There but, you go. That's worded well. Right. But <laughs> but there are also folks who spend a lot of money, don't know what they're doing, and they sound wor- like I. So, so I, I'm going to interrupt your story real fast. Uh, one of the first mics that I bought when I got a little bit more serious, took this on my own, was a Rode NT1A. Fantastic microphone, uh, condenser microphone. Uh, needed a I had a preamp, an art preamp that I had connected to it. Uh, was still living in that third floor apartment um but i was going to do broadcasting i was like i need something better than this blue yeti so i invested in the microphone started to use it uh connected with a radio station they're like oh yeah this sounds great no problem like you know go ahead and use this started doing another podcast with a couple of friends and then i was getting ready to move and so about two weeks out i packed up this you know beautiful road microphone put in its carrying case stored it away took out this ATR 2100 that I had won at a podcasting conference at the time. I was like, I'll just use this because all I have to do is throw it in my bag. I could take it out and like while we're packing and unpacking and, you know, keep it easy. And during those two weeks that we were doing the show, it was a daily podcast. The engineer from my radio station, he reached out to me. We were chatting. He's like, by the way, I don't know you did differently, but you sound fantastic on the show this week. I'm like, oh, you know what I did? I went from a $600 setup to a $60 setup. He's like, oh, yeah, that sounds really good. That sounds much, much better. So, yes, you could spend a lot of money, but if you don't know what you're doing, it's not going to be useful. Um, But, yes, if you are, you know, purposefully cheap, then eh, it's, it's tough to get out of that cheaper sound unless you're really smart about it. 
Yeah, I, that's a really great point and one that I often forget that like people who don't, I guess, know how to make something sound good, no matter what you have, it won't sound good. And if you are well-educated, you can make, like you said, uh, a $50 microphone sound better than someone with a you know million-dollar setup if they don't know how to use it. So that's it's a great point. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, so those are some of like the, you know, the first thoughts around going, you know, for your microphone. If you have great sound quality, if you have studio sound, if you're able to, um, you know, really control the environment, you know what you're doing, then yeah, go out, find a really great condenser microphone. It will be a, a really good sound, you know, test it first, as Tom was saying, and as uh, some of our friends here in the Get Vocal chat were talking about. Uh, it'll make a big difference to find the, the microphone that is right for your voice. For everybody else who's doing this, who doesn't have the time to test it, who can't control their environment, who just want to get started and who don't want to be held up by this, uh, honestly, here here's my three tiers of microphones that I will typically recommend to clients. Um, you know, you're starting out, you're trying to not, you know, have a, a huge budget, um, ATR2100. You know, for the mic, for a basic stand, um, you can get that whole package for like $80. You're good to go. You can podcast from your office. You can put it in your bag, be on the road. I mean, I've, I've used that ATR 2100. Literally. I just, I would plug it into my smartphone, um, and use it recording off that. And it worked and it was great. And it was always available to me. So that's always my like first level. And it's nice because if you do decide to upgrade and you go from just plugging into your computer via USB to maybe getting a digital mixer or recorder. It, it already has XLR, so you're ready to make that move if you have to. Uh, then my next tier, this is typically for clients who they want a, you know, they want to step up from that. Also, they're probably not going to be doing a lot on their computer. They're, they're mostly going to be doing in-person interviews. Um, so we, you know, we're usually talking about some sort of Zoom H6 package. And with that, I recommend uh, like a $100 dynamic mic. For the longest time, I was recommending the Shure SM58s. Um, they, you know, workhorses, they sound good. I think they're a scotch sensitive. And so I've started to shift to Sennheiser's E835s. Um, I've just found that they tend to reject a little bit more background noise very nicely. They both cost around the same, although I think you can get a pack of Sennheisers, three of them for each is like $70 maybe instead of the usual hundred for the microphone. Um, so that's a, that's a great deal. And then for those folks who want more studio quality, they're going to have a more permanent setup in their office. And, you know, they're thinking more about control and whatnot. Uh, then I typically start looking into the Electro Voice family, the RE20s or the RE320s if uh, if they want to save a few bucks. So what about you? What's your, your go-to mic recommendations at those levels? Pretty much the same as what you said. I, I do like to, with the ATR2100 being like the cheapest option, I do encourage people to get the interface along with it. I just think that when you separate each device to do one thing, you get better quality along the way. So rather than having a microphone, capturing the audio, converting it, amplifying it, sending it to your computer, just have the microphone capture the audio, let the interface do that job. And when you start partitioning those jobs off, the quality gets a little better. And maybe it's not that much better to justify spending an extra 
eighty dollars or a hundred, whatever the the Scarlet interface solo or two i two is. I I just like that separation. I like the control. So that's usually what my like lower end tier is. And I don't real. I'm not too picky about people's headphones, especially since they're just monitoring their own audio with it. I don't tell people to go out and buy like nice can microphones or the M50s or anything. I mean, I edit with uh, consumer grade Klipsch headphones, although I did get picky and I bought a pair of cheap skull candy headphones just for the, the ear inserts. Cause I like them better. So that's, I guess that's my weird quirk with headphones, but I'm not too picky about, about that aspect, but everything else in your tiers was about the same. But again, seeing if the RE20 or the SM7B works better for that voice. True. Uh, by the way, welcome Dave Jackson into the room. Nice to see you here, Dave. And yes, Ooh. I've been hearing a lot of people talking about the Samsung Q2U. I haven't personally used it. Uh, I would like to get my hands on it first. I understand it is pretty much comparable, almost the same thing to the ATR2100. Uh, and yeah, some people are saying it's actually a little bit uh, easier and better to use. So uh, I'd like to get my hands on it before I, I change up my recommendation necessarily. But um, there's another ATR maybe the 2050. Uh, I don't remember the number. It's the, it's essentially the black version of the gray 2100. That's also uh, pretty solid. And we don't want to get too deep into the weeds as far as interfaces and mixers are concerned. I mean, that's a whole other topic altogether. Um, but to your point, yeah, you know, the right connecting device can also make a big difference in your microphone performance. Um, you know, I had, I've been using a mix pre six for about a year now. And they are, it's a, it's a very high grade piece of equipment, you know, really professional preamps that are built into it. I went down to the Rode Procaster. Uh, I just wanted to try it out. I was curious. It, it was fun. It was, you know, it's a great looking device. Um, and I, I could tell immediately the difference in the preamps using this microphone and both of those devices. Um, so, you know, it is important to also have good connecting technology, uh, cables you know i don't think you have to get gold plated platinum studded diamond encrusted you know cables to make sure that you have the highest possible sound most podcasters are not listening you know are not massive audiophiles we're going to notice the difference i also wouldn't go with the absolute cheapest cables available you know that will probably get you into some trouble i've i've heard you know radio signals being transmitted through microphones because of you know bad cables that are shearing or something like that uh and to your point about headphones i was having discussion today today with a client about headphones we were going back and forth i was like yeah you know i recommend the these you know the sony's he's like you know what do the pros use I'm like this is what most people i know use he's like oh they're sold out what do you suggest next i was like honestly i don't know whatever like f find a pair that's comfortable right like you're you're not npr you're not inside of a studio you're not going to pick up the, you know, every kilohertz of sound. The free. So, like, find a pair that's comfortable. If you want it to be earbuds, fine. Wear earbuds. If you want it to be over the ears, fine. I would say be careful with uh, headsets that have a mic attached to it. Um, only because I have seen folks, they plug that in and then they don't pay attention to their settings. And they don't realize they've wound up recording off the wrong microphone the entire time. And that could be a little frustrating. Which brings me to what I think is one of the most important points that we are going to make about all these different things. And this is coming up, I, I must have seen it five times in the last two days. Before you record, I don't care if you've been podcasting for one hour, for a hundred years, which would be impressive if you've podcasted for a hundred years at this point. <laughs> but I don't, like, the point, I, I've been doing this for 15 years, and the first thing I do 
is check my inputs. Mm-hmm. There are a million things that can go wrong between the last time you used your computer, the last time you used your setup, and the time that you were recording now. And the worst feeling in the world is to get through a show, an interview, a fantastic performance of any sorts, and realize either you had the wrong input or worse, maybe you didn't even hit record. I mean, if you didn't hit record, then you know you don't have to have that debate with your head like, do I use it even though it sounds terrible? Um, but you know, always, always, always check your inputs, make sure you're recording. That obviously will save you a whole host of headaches in doing this kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely. I do a show with a consistent co-host, so I don't do guests. We always scratch the grill of our microphone, and we let the other person know that we're hearing it. It's better than obviously blowing into the diaphragm of your mic, (laughs) and that way it's quiet enough to where, say you might accidentally be recording on your MacBook microphone. If you're lightly scratching the grill and you're on your MacBook, you won't hear it. If you're on the proper mic, you definitely will hear the scratch. So, you know, we're 120 episodes in. We've never lost an episode to the wrong mic signal. Um, I've been doing audio for 10 years. I've definitely recorded through the wrong thing a couple of times before, but once it happens, you never want it to happen again. So, definitely check i would even sometimes i'll hit record uh record for 10 seconds before we actually do the episode listen back make sure everything's fine no pops no clicks make sure my mic isn't hearing something i'm not because a lot of people think well i can't hear that dishwasher so maybe the mic won't but then once you boost it three times in order to hit negative 16 luffs there's a dishwasher there. So definitely do a test. Definitely do a test. And of course, if you're podcasting with other people who may not be podcasters or professionals, you know, also a good opportunity to, you know, ask them, like you said, either scratch the mic or, uh, you know, if you're one of those people who just likes to jump right into it, get them to give you like their name, where they're based, whatever, something so you can hear their microphone before you hit record and know that you're getting a strong signal. So uh, we are, we are coming up here on 1030. Actually, we have just, past the 10 30 mark so uh as usual what we are going to do is we are going to close down the live stream to facebook youtube and twitter uh, but we are going to stay here in the get vocal room for another 30 minutes uh we will do the open ama so anybody in here will open up the room you can take a seat ask any questions it can be about microphones if you want it could be about anything else related to podcasting in the world it could be about tom's amazing jacket i know you have questions out there you can ask him about that He did not know I was going to say that, uh, but now he's sort of beholden to doing it. So stick around if you are here on Get Vocal. We're going to hang out for at least another half hour. Uh, Thank you for joining us here on Podcast Me Anything. To subscribe for free, follow whatever language you think is appropriate for connecting up podcasts, head over to Podcast Me Anything. Uh, You can connect with us there on social media as well. Check the back catalog. Uh, find all sorts of cool and fun ways to connect with us. Uh, we've even got a little questionnaire there if you want to uh, pose a question that you would like us to answer in a future episode of the show. Uh, so again, thank you everybody who has joined us in the room tonight. Some great comments in the Get Vocal. Uh, thank you to everybody out there in the world who checked out the live stream on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And uh, we hope to see you all next time here on Podcast Me Anything. I am Matthew Passy. I'm Tom Kelly. And we will see you guys next time.